Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins, the program where we anticipate an experience with the Lord on each and every episode. Thank you so much for listening today, and my prayer is that you will be strengthened, encouraged, and challenged in your daily walk with the Lord as you listen. The primary purpose for this program is to be a source of inspirational truth that will not only awaken a deeper hunger within you for more of God, but also a source of encouragement when it comes to maintaining a deep passion for the Lord. Leviticus 6.12 says, The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. This Old Testament verse spoke into the sacrificial burnt offering practices of the temple, and it reflects the fact that we as the bride of Christ are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we have a responsibility to steward our walk with God and to maintain His flame that He has ignited in our hearts. I am your host, Keith Collins, and I invite you to join me now as we explore biblical truths that help us to maintain the flame of God upon the altar of our hearts. Greetings and welcome to Maintain the Flame this week. I'm Keith Collins, your host, and I am blessed to know that you are listening to this episode today. I don't know where you're at around the world, but I know that wherever you're at, the Lord is there with you and that His eternal purposes are real in your life, in your community, in your city, in your world, in your nation, that that the Lord is working in and through His people. And that means that all of us are candidates to be used by the Lord. So I've, I've learned over many years of doing ministry and preaching and traveling and pastoring and all the things that I've been blessed to do, I've I've learned that God does not specifically call those that are gifted, those that are financially well off, those that have been given opportunities by other people, those that have a, a last name that everybody recognizes, but the Lord simply looks for those that are willing and obedient and that surrender their hearts and their lives to Him. People that become worshipers, people that become prayerful, people that are deliberate about sharing the gospel, those are the people that the Lord uses. So be encouraged wherever you're at today. Maybe you're in a very challenging part of the world. We know that this this program reaches into areas where the church um, is challenged at times, whether it be by persecution or either maybe even by martyrdom. These things happen throughout the world. We understand that, and we're blessed each week to be able to reach people in these areas um, through podcasting as well as through shortwave radio. So wherever you're at, I want to encourage you that the Lord is with you even in the midst of the most challenging difficulties that you might be going through. So know that Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you, and He'll never leave you, He'll never forsake you, but He'll go with you even to the end of the world. So, hey, I am just, again, honored to be with you. I'm honored to know that that your life is being impacted by the truths that we share week in and week out on this program. So, this week, I wanted to return to a subject that I've been talking about the last two weeks. For the last couple of weeks, I've talked about what I've been calling the nature of faith. And I wanted to return one more time this week and finish out on this subject. And we'll return to this again, I'm sure, over the the months ahead, but or in the coming months ahead, because faith is just such a 
predominant theme throughout the Word of God, the Old Testament, the New Testament, even throughout the history of the church. We we read of great faith. We read of great people of faith. We read of people that believe the Word of God, that they simply read the Word of God and they believed it. And um, I want to encourage you that that your faith can grow today. We've we've talked about multiple things. I've shared some things about my own life and my own ministry and and then I've talked about others. I think we talked a little bit about John G. Lake last week and um, I believe Smith Wigglesworth and even George Mueller. And there, there's many others that we could talk about, those that we see throughout the Word of God, whether it be the lives of people like Daniel, literally thrown into a lion's den and the Lord shuts the mouth of the lion, um, whether it be um, Joseph who was sold into slavery by his brothers and literally ascended to except for Pharaoh himself, the highest place in, in Egypt with regard to authority. And the Lord used him to save his own people, the children of Israel, and he provided a place for them in Goshen. Um, but these are all things that, that literally hinge upon faith. And these individuals, they walked by faith and not by sight. So we've been talking about Hebrews 11.1, 1, which is probably the most popular or the most known verse regarding faith where Hebrews 11:1 1 says now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen so just a very quick review basically this this shows us that that faith is stable it's established it's not um, a pipe dream it's not a a wishful thought or we hope that something's going to happen but but faith has stability. It's, it's the evidence. When you use a word like evidence, even in a Bible verse, of course, what you re- realize is that this dynamic of faith has um, tenure. It has stability. It has foundations. It's immovable. It's unshakable. And more than anything, it's proven. Faith does not fail, right? Faith does not waver. Faith is part of the nature of God that he gives unto us as his children. Even before we're his children, there's a measure of faith. And we'll probably read a verse in Romans. Let me go to that now. Romans um, chapter 12. um, And we'll read, let's see, verse 3. He said, Paul said, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one, a measure of faith. So, so, so faith is something that the Lord gives us. It comes from God. It's instituted by God. And the Lord allows that faith to develop in our lives. And we are born again of the Spirit of God. That faith goes into action. And we begin to see with different eyes. We begin to hear with different ears. What I mean, I mean, we, we live beyond our empirical or our human senses. We, we literally begin to live in the Spirit, see in the Spirit, hear in the Spirit. God can give a vision, maybe by way of a, um, a prophetic word or maybe by way of a dream, but the Lord can give you a vision for your life, for your calling, and man, by faith, you begin to see that thing. You you see the finished product. You don't just see um, materials laying on the ground, so to speak, but you can see the completed structure, and that's faith. So what do you do? You begin to take a step towards God by faith, 
And then we see historically throughout the Word of God, throughout the history of the church, that the Lord meets us at that place. So we've talked about multiple things, given multiple testimonies. But but I want to just kind of conclude today in these remaining minutes with what it means to really understand the nature of faith. So why why did I even entitle this this episode, these three weeks, the nature of faith? Because I think it's important to understand that um, that there is a, a nature to faith, and of course, it's it's a God nature. It's it's something that that develops. It's something that grows, and it's something that I believe we need to understand as the people of God. So look at. Look at Luke 17, 6, and let me give you some points today. Number one, faith develops in stages. So faith develops in stages. It develops over time. It it develops in circumstances. It even develops, we see this very clearly, through grave challenges and, and battles and difficulties that we faith, but are that we face, excuse me. But Luke 17, 6, listen to this. So the Lord said. If you have faith as a mustard seed, this is Jesus, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Now, I want to say that this is probably um, one of the most misunderstood verses in the Bible when it comes to faith. We can look at Mark eleven twenty three, and there's really a parallel verse that kind of parallels this verse in Luke, and here... Um, the Lord says, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that these things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Now, let's let's look at both of these verses because they both speak very deliberately to the nature of faith. So listen, the fact is that not many of us are rearranged in the topography of the earth or moving mountains or uprooting trees and replanting them in the sea. So what do we do? We look at these types of verses and we in turn spiritualize them. We in turn spiritualize this concept of mountain-moving faith. And here's what happens. Oftentimes, excuse me, when we make a scripture work, or when we, I'm sorry, when we cannot make a scripture work for us or for our circumstance, then what do we do? We spiritualize it. Um, we, in other words, we, we bring God's word down to our experience rather than our experience up to God's word. Now, why is the Lord giving us both of the examples about the mulberry tree and the mountain? Because he's trying to call us up to a higher place of faith. He's, he's, he's challenging us. He's saying, listen, this is what faith is. If you really believe that God is who he says he is, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you, then my friend, by faith, you can step out in impossible situations and believe God even for the impossible. So again, what we do oftentimes is we bring the Word of God to our level instead of ascribing or moving towards where God is and what God says. So we we spiritualize things, and that's you know just a concept that has to do with we make an excuse for the reason that it doesn't work. Um, listen, the fact is that, that God wants His Word to work in our lives. Look at Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 12. The Word of the Lord says, Then the Lord said to me, Jeremiah says, You have seen well, for I am ready to perform my 
word. Listen, there is a speaking faith available to God's children, a, a faith that, that says or a faith that saith. Now, now I do understand that there can be abuse in these areas. And, you know, some people have entered into the the arena of what many people call the, the name it, claim it, frame it arena. However, I do want you to understand something. There is a, a faith that comes and that materializes through speaking the word of God. So even though some people might abuse certain things, um, the fact of the matter is faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, but also we can say to the mountain, be removed. We can say to the tree, be uprooted and be planted in the sea. In other words, the Lord is showing us that there is something in the power of our tongue when our lives are right with God, that we have the authority by faith to speak into a situation. Listen, Luke Luke 17, 6, where I I just read about this mustard seed. Again, um, this this verse has been interpreted by many to mean that it only takes a small amount of faith to do big things. Now, there's a problem with this rationale, with this um, explanation. Um, the problem with this is it doesn't work. It, it doesn't fit in the context of Scripture. Here in Luke's gospel or even throughout the, the, the meta-narrative of the Word of God, it, it just doesn't work. In fact, little faith has never accomplished big things for God. So how do we understand mustard seed faith? What did Jesus mean when he said that if you have faith as a mustard seed, what is this mustard seed faith that the Lord talks about in Luke 17, 6? Well, this is not referring to the actual size of the seed. And that's where people oftentimes um, go awry or they get, um, you know, even deceived by a false teaching of faith. Listen, Jesus was not referring to the size because a mustard seed is a very, very small seed. But what is Jesus referring to? He's referring to the way in which it grows or it develops. This is what Jesus is teaching here. In other words, the mustard seed is very small. However, if planted properly, it begins to grow. It begins to develop. So this type of faith that Jesus is talking about, the mustard seed, the developing potential, the, the growing nature, the, the um, advancing dynamics of faith— it can heal the sick. It can cast out demons. It can see signs and wonders as a normal part of a, of a believer's life. In other words, we have a divine commentary even on how a grain of mustard seed grows. Look at Matthew 13, 31 through 32. Listen to what the word says here. Another parable Jesus put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. There's that mustard seed again. Now again, Many people misinterpret this as a small amount of faith is all it takes. But, but he says, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds. It's very small. But, Jesus said, when it is grown or when it reaches maturation or maturity, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. Here, here's the commentary on the mustard seed. It's not the size of the seed. It's the potential. It's the active dynamic inside the seed that if planted properly, if taken care of properly, brings forth a great tree that even 
the birds come and build their nest in. So the mustard seed is small, but Jesus said, when it is grown or matured, it is the greatest. So listen, again, number one, faith develops in stages. We see this with the mustard seed. When we understand that it is not little faith, but here, hear me, growing faith, maturing faith, developing faith that does big things for God, then that is a radically different concept or understanding of faith. Little faith will do some things, and big faith will do bigger things, but faith that grows or develops was the ideal that Jesus was teaching. This is the concept of the nature of faith that he wanted his hearers to to catch and to literally to be caught by. Listen, again, Romans 1.17, here's the word of God. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Friend, this is a picture of moving towards ultimate mature faith, right? The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. This developing nature. Listen, faith is not static. You don't just get that measure of faith and that's it. No, faith grows. Listen, I I I know people and I've known people. <laughs> I was actually with an apostle a couple of mornings ago. I ate breakfast with him. I would consider one of the probably greatest apostles, and I don't mean that as far as like from a world, worldly standpoint, but I know the ministry that this man oversees, and they've planted thousands of churches. They have orphanages. They have Bible colleges. They train nurses. They train all kind of people, but they see many signs and wonders and, and miracles. They're not. They're from India, but they are reaching into Switzerland. They're reaching into Germany. They're reaching into Vermont in the United States of America. They are reaching into Madagascar. They're reaching into West Africa. They have raised up disciples and churches in all these areas of the world, and God is using them. However, I knew this ministry many, many years ago, 25, 26 years ago, when it had like one building in India. But by faith, they had a vision, an apostolic vision. They began to walk towards that vision. This man was born in utter poverty, was was raised in a house with a dirt floor, was an untouchable. If you understand the Indian caste system, you'll understand that, was an untouchable. But, but God raised him up and is using him and his ministry in a mighty way. And I'm telling you, I've walked with him and I've seen the journey of faith that he has been on. My, my point is this, friend. Faith develops in stages. This man is 70 years old. I knew him in his 40s. I've watched him grow in faith. But right now he's believing for, I think they need like $3.5 million for a new facility in India. I'm convinced they'll get it. Why? Because by faith, they know it's something God has put in their heart. So, so again, faith, um, faith is, is active. It's not static. Number one, faith develops in stages. Number two, this is important. Please listen. Faith comes and develops through obedience. Obedience develops faith in our lives. We must remember that we go or we grow from faith to faith and from glory to to glory. Therefore, a scriptural precept to remember is this. You will know the glory of God in your life only in proportion to the development of faith in your life, which is always linked to obedience to God and his word. Developed faith will bring an increase of God's glory that will rest upon your life, my friend. Listen, you'll never grow in grace. You'll never grow in faith. You'll never grow in the glory of God. 
If you live in disobedience, if God tells you to do something, you step out in obedience. God responds to that obedience. Faith arises in your heart. The kingdom of God becomes real in your lives, and there's nothing impossible to them that believe in faith. So obedience is always tethered or connected to faith. So listen, the natural law of growth teaches us spiritual things such as a grain of wheat in the wrong environment will never grow. However, in the right conditions, it will not only grow, but through the replanting of each successive harvest, it will in time even bring thousands of bushels of wheat, right? For that's a picture of the way faith is. This same tremendous potential is locked up in the seed of faith that God has dealt to every man. Again, Romans 12, 3, I read it. He gives us a measure of faith. What we do with it by way of obedience determines whether it grows or just stays a seed. In other words, it, Jesus said that a kernel of wheat has to, to fall on the ground and die before it brings forth. So there has to be a death to self. There has to be a death to our rebellion. We have to relinquish our orphan spirit to the Lord, allow him to become our father. We live in obedience, and then our lives are like a seed planted for the Lord, and by faith we begin to reproduce harvest after harvest after harvest. Let me give you a practical example. In 1922, um, by Howard Carter and some different individuals from England, the, the tomb of King Tut was was discovered. Now, now, King Tut was buried in 1357 B.C. When they uncovered the tomb, they, they actually found, of course, all the gold that we've seen and the, um, the cassophagus and all that stuff, but there was also wheat and corn that were found in the, in the tomb. So literally, they took some of this wheat and corn and they planted it by the Nile River and within the, the normal time of development, the seed broke forth into plants and brought forth the harvest. So the lesson is this. That seed was always in that tomb for hundreds and hundreds of years. But until it was planted in the right environment, in other words, a picture of obedience, then it just remained a seed. When it was planted, even after, what, 3,000 years it brought forth life. Some of you, the reason you never grow in faith is, is because you've never been obedient to what God told you to do, even when you first got saved. Listen, I've shared my testimony a little bit. I knew that the Lord called me to ministry, but I also knew that I couldn't just sit around and hope that it would happen. I had to walk towards my destiny by faith when there wasn't money, when there wasn't opportunities. Man, I, I had to work jobs, which was fine, but I would preach on the streets. I would go to the nursing homes and pray for the sick people. I would go to Florida State University in Tallahassee, Florida, and, and minister to college students. I was faithful to the call of God, and therefore my faith began to grow, and opportunities began to develop in my life as the Lord is the one that, that opens doors and promotion comes from the Lord. So let me just, in closing, I've got a few minutes here. Let me give you three essentials to growing or maturing in faith. So number one, faith grows in stages, right? Number two, faith and obedience are always connected. You, your, grace, your, I'm sorry, your faith never grows without a life of obedience and surrender to the Lord. But, but there is something you need to understand with obedience. 
three essentials to, to growing or maturing faith. Number one, you have to be in proper soil. And what does that mean? Friend, hearing God's word is mandatory for faith to grow in your life. This does not solely refer to the Bible, the Logos, even though, of course, that's part of it. It's a major part of it. And everything that happens in our life has to be connected to the truth of Scripture. Um, but in Romans 10, 17, it says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now, here... Um, that word there in the Greek means rhema. It doesn't mean logos. In other words, it's the spoken word or the utterance of God. So the Old Testament uses this expression, the word of the Lord came unto me, unto Jeremiah, unto Ezekiel, unto Hosea, etc. This means that God's voice or word was communicated from heaven to man on earth, just as Roman 10, 17 implies. In Ezekiel 33, 7, God says, So you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them for me. God didn't give to Ezekiel, just a verse of Scripture, even though, of course, this became Scripture, but rather he imparted to him a revelation, a, a rhema word that was declared unto the people. My point is this. In our lives, God's word can be communicated to us subjectively in our spirit, in our mind, in our thoughts, in such a way that he causes us to know that he's spoken specifically to us. He can do it through a verse of Scripture. He can do it through a preached message. He can do it through a dream. He can do it through a vision, um, even an angelic visitation. There are multiple ways that the rhema word of God comes to us. The point I'm making is the word of God is the proper soil. Of course, the written word, that's always our foundation. We never stray from that. If we do, we're in big, big trouble. However, God will speak to us and it'll line up with the truth of scripture and we've got to step out in obedience. So number one, we got to be in proper, proper soil. Number two, we have to have water. Water I'm equating to obeying God's word. It is important to understand that, that Romans 10, 17 does not speak of a static or a passive act. It is not suggesting that we simply hear a sermon or attend a church service to hear preaching during the week. The concept of hearing goes much further in a biblical sense when it talks about hearing, it's really referring to obedience. Let me give you an example. I, I could have a child and I could tell my, my son, son, I want you to take the garbage out today. He can hear that. He can go in his ear and then he can leave that setting, that environment where he just heard that word and do nothing. That is not a biblical form of hearing. Oftentimes we hear the word of God, but we don't do the word of God. When the Bible speaks about hearing the word, it always connects hearing with obedience. So that's why James 1.22 says this, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself. Listen, faith grows, it comes, and it is demonstrated and expressed by hearing that is active. So we must learn to hear and act or take another step of faith. It's imperative to understand that your faith cannot grow beyond your obedience. And my last point is this. We need good soil. We need good water. And number three, or letter C, we need sun. <laughs> and, and I refer this to to loving God, and really not just S-U-N, but the Son of God, the S-O-N of God. Another essential then for growing faith is love. Paul states in Galatians 5, 6, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. This is paramount. John 14, 21, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him. 
and manifest myself to him. Listen, here Jesus deals with the relationship of love to obedience. Hear me, my friend. When it comes to faith, obedience is the test of love and the proof of love. Therefore, we hear the word to us. And because we love Jesus, we act by faith. We take a step out. We, we exercise our faith. And as a result, there is growth. There is glory. There is this ongoing, ever-increasing, going from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Friend, faith is so important to your walk with God. I, I wish I had more time. I've got about a minute and a half here. But listen to me. Faith is so important to your life, to your ministry, to your family, to your calling. I want to pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that faith would be awakened in the heart of these that are hearing this today. Father, wherever they're at in the world, may your grace and your glory break in. Lord, use our lives for your eternal purposes. May we grow in obedience. May we grow in love. May we grow in hearing your word. May we take steps of faith, even when it looks impossible, Lord. Teach us your ways. Teach us to walk by faith and not by sight. Teach us that faith does come by hearing. And hearing by the word of God, the Logos, as well as the Rhema word of God, make this who we are as your people. We love you, Jesus. And in your name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for being a part of Maintain the Flame today. I, I pray that these last three weeks have encouraged you. If you know someone that needs to be encouraged, I would encourage you to steer them to these podcasts. You can visit us at keith-collins.org or at impactgf.org. We love you. We're honored to be with you each week. Come back next week and prepare to be encouraged in your faith. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins today. I trust that you've been blessed and encouraged as you've listened. And if you hunger for a greater passion for the Lord that will not dim or subside, then let me encourage you to listen weekly to episodes that will encourage you in your walk with God. To learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at keith-collins.org or impactgf.org. May the fire of God burn brighter and hotter in your life. God bless you.